0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's officially the best dad in the world. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Hello, my finest friends. Hello. Oh, you're lovely. Welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was hanging around with uh, Eric Estrada and Larry Wilcox, from Off of Chips, Chicago Highway Police. Remember that show, mate? Oh, you do. do. You look too no. <laughs> you, look too, you look too young. Too young. They did a, uh, t- the, a movie version of it recently. Did you see the movie version, Chips? Mm-hmm. I love, I love motorcycling around. <laughs> Uh, they call it a but anyway. So none of us, none of us, going to catch on. We'll see. Uh, look, uh, it's great to be here. Uh, this has been a tricky series. We're in it at the end of the series. I've been ill for uh, most of this series. I'm on a lemsip. I'm basically better, but it's it's been it's been hell for me. It's been hell. You wouldn't know from the the performances have been excellent, uniformly excellent. I don't like to talk about it. Um, uh, but oh yes. Yeah, so look, uh, my my. Uh, The other day I was driving my kids to school uh, and uh, Zoe Ball, who gets proper guests, was interviewing (laughs) some of the stars of the new Mario movie, Chris Pratt, I think, and uh, the bloke off... uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I think he was in it. Uh, And um, they did a funny thing where they were playing uh, Taylor Swift's song, It's Me, and then they kept on cutting in it. It's-a me, a Mario! Uh, And then I got out of the car and I was walking the kids to... Into school and I went, It's a me, a Mario. And my son looked at me in awe (laughs) and he said, How did you do that voice? (laughs) He couldn't believe that I had perfected that that I had someone else's voice was coming in with thought it was exactly the same. And you know, obviously he was looking at me like I was Mike Yarwood. That's how impressed he was. (laughs) And obviously he didn't know that everyone can do that, and he was it was just a moment, and he then looked at me and said, you are the best dad in the world. <laughs> Which, you know, is nice, but also it's not true, is it? Because <laughs> every dad can... Be, Mario. We're going to do a slightly racist impression of a cartoon. And I know that eventually you'll realise that, and that will fall away. But it was a nice... I'm not, I don't think I'm even in the top five dads in the world, to honestly. I'm not. probably not in the top million... But, say, I'm not that good a dad. I thought I'd be a really good dad. I thought, oh, I'm funny. I'm going to mess around because it's going to be great fun. You know, once I have kids, I'll be... I'm not, a good, I'm not a good laugh with my kids. I'm grumpy with them. I don't play with them. I'm too tired because I'm old. But I still reckon I'm probably in the top 10% of dads in the world. So that's, that says more about dads than it does about me. It's me. It's a me. A Mario. Absolute awe. He couldn't believe it was possible. You know I'm good at accents. We'll wait till he hears the rest of them. So it's good. <laughs> uh, this morning... It's all going to be kids, because that's all has been happening. Um, this morning, my daughter was watching a, a history programme, and Einstein was... There was a sort of de- depiction of Einstein on it. <laughs> and he was doing E equals MC squared and stuff. And she said, isn't he a monster? I said, no, he's a famous physicist. Because the monster Frank, I- Frank Einstein is name. <laughs> It was lovely. And I thought, that is a fucking good idea for a children. Frank Einstein. <laughs> that Someone digs up Einstein, but it puts him together again. Sort of zombie Einstein. Looked it up. Someone's already done a Frank Einstein. So, so, they didn't even have a zombie. It's not even a zombie Einstein. Ruined. I thought, the kids are going to pay. It's finally going to pay off. Finally going to pay. That's all you need, just one good idea. Frank Einstein. Wouldn't that be good? Fucked. (laughs) Anyway, let's crack on. Uh, (laughs) uh, My guest this week is probably best known for his appearance on Love Island After Sun. (laughs) Also, of course, one of the many people who's famous for being on When News Goes Horribly Wrong. (laughs) Will you please welcome Rhys James, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Here he
1: is.
3: Thank you. How was uh, Love Island after something? I hated it. <laughs> I hated it so much. It was one of those moments where I was like, I got asked to do it. Yeah. And uh, I, I thought, this will be a good opportunity to prove that I can be funny on anything. Let me tell you, I did not prove that one bit. (laughs) What I proved is I can be funny on some things (laughs) when they're not about a show I hadn't watched.
0: Ah, yes, that's the problem. I've never seen an episode of Love Island. I've seen, like, about 30 seconds of it and turned over.
3: You don't want to support the work of Ian Sterling?
0: (laughs) I don't. I think he's doing all right without me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: (laughs) No, you should speak to him. (laughs) All that money, and he just goes, (laughs) Herring! I need the blessing of Herring! I mean, I'm not joking. He's a, he's a weird guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's lovely to... I've, I've been very impressed with the stuff I've seen. It's been lovely to um, catch up with all the stuff you're doing today. Uh, there's some things I want to know about you that... Uh, cause there isn't much on the internet about you, so I'm going to mm. hopefully... And there's some contradictory stuff on the internet okay. about you. Uh, first of you're, all, your net... You're, I meant to say Reese James, if that is your real name, which it is not. It's not. Why have you changed your name? That's suspicious.
3: Uh... Well, cancel culture's real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I started out, there was already quite a prolific comedian who had my real name, okay. and I just thought, there's probably not room for two Ramesh Ranganathans. <laughs> so, uh... i switched switch it up. Yeah. Gotcha. Good. Um, no, uh... My name is. It's it's not. It's not a fun I story. It's, it's, I know, but it's such, such a weird change. It's not a fun story. Why? Because it's such Cause a tiny because change. Because your name is the sort of the same. Of course, you. But of course, Richard, yeah. you know, you you knew me as Reese Jones. You might not remember that you knew me. Right. My real name is Reese Jones, and I changed it because there was. I don't know. It's fucking. There's an acting database, and if you want to yeah. get on it, you can't have the same name as someone else. But you gave me my first ever quote. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> when I started out, you saw me in a competition mm. in Edinburgh. So you right. think you're funny competition. Right. In 2009 or something. Yeah. And when I was I was just Reese Jones. <laughs> right. I was just starting out yeah. and you gave me my first quote. And I'm going to tell you the quote okay. and I'm going to leave I'm going to put a blank in there and you can guess what the word was that was blank, okay? <laughs> okay? The quote was Reese had the best one-liners of the night. Yeah. Big things await annoyingly talented blank. cunt. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I knew you'd get it instantly. That, I, all I remembered was I called you a cunt. Yeah, that's, what, yeah. that's what. That's, what, that's what, uh, I did. I omitted that word when I was searching <laughs> for gigs using that quote. I don't
0: really. I didn't. I was wondering if I'd seen you. but Often with because I also always I used to host the uh, new act of the year award here a bit after that though. Right. For a few years because we were doing this and so the Esquire Theatre when I lived in so them say come down and host it. But there'd always be beer and pizza and I'd just get drunk.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. just do, and
0: just have to introduce loads of new people that you don't remember, and then so many of
3: those people are now quite established. Right, go, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We yeah. met at the, yeah, the Oh, oh yeah. I don't. I did yeah. actually expect you to remember watching me do an awful set where I didn't get through, and so you think you're funny. Semi-final. I was obviously impressed.
0: Did I, Was I a judge on it?
3: Yeah. Okay. You, <laughs> didn't, put, you didn't put me through. No. But thanks for the quote.
0: I don't, I've, I've, I, I don't even really remember being a judge on that. So that's, <laughs> I, was, I, was probably just, I think sometimes they would just say, there's free drink, <laughs> come down yeah. here. They knew that I would be drawn you to You said that.
3: to me, you said on the night, you, you were pissed, but you said, yeah. you'll go far if you just change your name slightly.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, the, the internet has, confl- has conflicting information about where you are from. And I had some... Wikipedia says you're from Swindon.
3: Sure. Oh, does it?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, and another part of the internet says you're from Shoreditch.
3: <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> who the fuck is from Shoreditch? <laughs> How is that possible? It said for a while on Wikipedia that I was born in Shoreditch. <laughs> like, it's not, it's, this isn't possible. Um, I was born in Swindon. Okay. Is correct.
0: Okay. And then did you go to school in Harpenden? Yes. Okay. Well, that's, that you, just did seems... you, live, you lived in Harpenden for I a li- while? Well, I, just, I, lived, I did live in Harpenden for about six months. Hated it? Really hate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It is, and I tell you, if you're doing gigs in Hertfordshire, you probably know this. People fucking hate everyone in Harpenden, <laughs> and it's absolutely <laughs> solid gold. If you observational yeah. material, if you say everyone from Harpenden is a cunt, right? Which you know checks out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you cunt first, and then yeah, it turns
3: out I'm from Harpenden. You got lucky.
0: What I, when I lived in Harpenden, like it's quite. It looks like a nice place, right? I don't know if you know Harpenden, and I I, I gigged there. And well, don't do that. We were looking for this is before we, we moved there for a little while, um, and there was a village green. There was a big parade going on that day that happened. Like, oh, this looks, you know, it looks it's like a town, but it's like a <coughs> village atmosphere. And I said to my wife, we should maybe we we're thinking of moving out to Hertfordshire. and so Maybe we should go. So we we're having a house dump in London. So we went and lived in Harperton for six months. It was the people there are the most self-obsessed, horrible pricks. Yeah. Like, you're walking down the aisle in the supermarket and people do not get out of the way.
3: Yeah. So well, my parents still live there, but yeah. Yeah, um, well, absolute
0: absolutely. But, you know, yeah, fair Everyone enough. Everyone who lives there.
3: <laughs> good. I no, like... I do agree. Uh, it is full it's yeah. full of that It's fucking nightmare. Yeah. Lots of my friends still live there as well, actually. But I, do, I, would, I would agree with you. And I'll just assume they don't listen to this.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> Good. Um, well, that's that sorted out then. I was going to ask you uh, what the tallest building in Swindon was, which is what I often ask people about, the place they were born. But if you Ta- didn't live there, it's quite I lived easy there for, for
3: the first three years of my okay, life, well, so every building it. looked tall to me. <laughs> you should have seen it. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Uh, the Morrisons? Uh, I don't think... No, the supermarket's know? famously bungalows, I aren't they? They're one story. I don't, don't, think,
0: story. don't think. Anybody know the tallest building in Swindon? Wow might come up and he wants to be a millionaire one day <laughs> it's i'll give you a clue it's 272 feet high no it's the david murray john
3: tower sometimes the, what?
0: the, the, the david
3: the david murray, murray john, john tower, tower. Yeah. is that three different men yeah I mean, just, <laughs> david murray john let's all club together you have the bottom third i'll yeah. take the middle <laughs> i think it was one bloke but it's
0: often called the brunel tower there you go <laughs> what happens there the, have your research look, ended I at the name? Go, I don't go that. I've got the height and what it's called. That's all. That's the question. <laughs> I find out how much you know about Swindon, it turns out not nothing, enough. Nothing. Nothing very much about Swindon. That's good. Um, uh, and when you Google you, um, some frequently asked questions come up, most of which I could find an answer to. Okay. Uh, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not, just one of the questions I couldn't find any other reference to, but is a, one of the frequently asked questions. Right. So maybe there is some truth in it. I'm not taking the piss. Just couldn't find anything else about it. Is, is Reese James deaf?
3: <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think this is because on um, Mock of the Week, RIP, uh, during the COVID shows, We had to wear earpieces because we couldn't hear each other through the Perspex screens and we had to hear the Zoom audience, I think. And I was the only one who wouldn't play ball (laughs) and wear it in the ear that was facing away from the camera because for some reason, I don't know, it just was unnatural to me to be in the right ear, so I put it in the left. And they kept saying to me, can you wear it in your right ear or everyone will think you are deaf? (laughs) And I kept saying, I don't care about that. And then now that's a frequently asked question. But is there not when you then click there's it on no Google, There's no answer. There's
0: no answer. It goes to the Wikipedia page, which it does not which discuss. Which doesn't answer whether or not. does it I just thought it was a... It, that's, that, Im- well, I, I thought actually, I don't, just looked. You thought, that guy looks like say, he's deaf.
3: Yeah. I, don't, I will say, I don't know it's because of the reason I just said. I'm assuming that. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm being generous. I don't know. But um, the okay. answer is no. Um, I am not deaf.
0: But like <laughs> me, you have one of something that you should have two of.
3: Yes, but I'm like you.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, I've only got one kidney. Wow.
0: How's that? Have you been able to do it? <laughs> you've
3: been able to do a show, write a show about having one kidney? No, I've, I've only ever had like one bit of material about it and it wasn't right. even very good. It was uh. just a true story. But basically, I had a kidney removed when I was about 10 because it died. It stopped okay. working. My parents, I was at a friend's house and a sleepover. And uh, I was just sort of staying... and It was just in my sleeping bag in agony because my kidney was failing live yeah. inside my body and causing me some discomfort. My parents were at a James Taylor concert <laughs> and then we had to phone them and say, you know, come home because your son's fucked here <laughs> and his side is in a lot of pain and he's pissing blood. Wow, okay. And then they were like, it's, it's fire and rain. <laughs> <laughs> he's singing it now I've seen fire and rain I was like I've seen blood coming out my dick come home and take me to hospital for fuck's sake um, and then the only really significant thing it doesn't change your, it doesn't change anything it genuinely doesn't change anything uh, I'm not allowed to do karate oh
2: yeah of course karate's loss yeah. if you ask me yeah.
3: um, it was really easy to not do rugby at school okay, uh, which good. I turned years later I found out was my mum protecting me. <laughs> so she, I was told, and the school were told, the doctors said, you can't do rugby at school. But she obviously just saw this guy's a dweeb. Let's not put him through that. <laughs> so she just told the school that and then I found out the doctors were like, of course you do rugby. Yeah, <laughs> There's like professional players with one kidney. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I just got to go on the computer for a bit instead. That's, well, that's pretty good. Yeah, and that's why I'm this <laughs> pale. But, uh, <laughs> and then I think nothing else really. The only amusing... In, in Harpenden, actually.
0: Yeah.
3: When I was a teenager... I don't know why it was known that I had one kidney, like it was my legacy, but the I think it was the Heart's Advertiser, a local heart newspaper, which you all know very well, um, contacted me and said, so some people have one kidney, some people are born with one kidney, some get it removed, and you can function, obviously, with one kidney. Some people have four kidneys. Yeah, (laughs) you can be, yeah, yeah, woe indeed. What the fuck? How disrespectful is that to my kind? Yeah. Some people are just born with four kidneys and don't even know about it. And basically, what happened is something like someone with four kidneys moved to Hertfordshire (laughs) and the (laughs) Hearts advertiser got in touch and say, we want to do an interview with you two together. (laughs) Talk about how different... I was like, how fucking offensive is that, by the way? As if you're going to say to someone... (laughs) As if you're going to say to Adam Hills, do you want to meet this octopus? (laughs) I, I think I turned it I regret turning it down so much they
0: Were they going to make you wee into jars fill them up You can get yeah. Yeah.
3: I don't know what Man. the plan was and I said no because I was just like this is ridiculous but I, I mean obviously now you'd say yes 100% <laughs> because you get a bit of material out of it but
0: four kidneys. Also I, I want
3: to meet the freak
0: Yeah I mean someone with four kidneys I think I'd rather have one kidney, yeah.
3: four kidneys. Exactly. How would you feel about having four testicles? Yeah,
0: not good. Some people do have four <laughs> testicles. So I've got the same thing. Would you rather not have? Would you rather have one kidney or one testicle? Oh, one choose? kidney. You, yeah. Fuck that.
3: Yeah. Well, what's it like? Has it changed anything for you? Uh, no.
0: I mean, it's the <laughs> same. It's the same thing, I guess. Can't you do of, cry. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You get to go on the computer a <laughs> bit yeah, instead yeah, of playing rugby. Don't yeah, play rugby. <laughs> it's the same thing that only, like, you know, the safety one is gone, isn't it, for both of us? Right, OK, So, yeah, so I suppose fucked. losing both testicles when you're 55 is probably it won't better, kill better than you, losing both. T- kidneys. if my kidney... Yeah, if this yeah. kidney...
3: F- oh, I'm dead. Yeah. But they would put yeah. you on a
0: machine, when not they? will put you on a dialysis machine. They won't just let you die. <laughs> well, <laughs> depends
3: where it happens. <laughs> you vote for a transplant. Anyone here... <laughs> Nah, not this crowd. Don't want one from any of these guys. Did your parents not offer to give you one of theirs? Well, no. My brother, really. I mean, a a parent giving you a kid is a bit... You can't take it from your brother. You can't say... You can't have one kid. He has one. (laughs) So he has to have one so that I can have two. He's he's the older one. Share. You have to learn to share. You could cut one in half. Can you do that with kidneys? Can they cut them in half? I and think grow you and, can, yeah. It's like worms. <laughs> 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 the full kidney just grows immediately.
0: It's <laughs> interesting. Interesting. we got, you know, it hasn't changed my life at all, except having one ball is funnier than having one kidney.
3: It is definitely funny, and no one really cares. And like, the whole one kidney, people are just like, it's like, um, it's, it's like your struggle being you once had appendicitis. Everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, you don't even need it. Loads of people in probably in this room will have only one functioning kidney right now and not even know about it. Right. <laughs> so sorry for the wake up call, guys, but, uh, but that's what, apparently true. One of you might have four functioning kidneys, oh, though, so yeah. think about that. And if you'd like to do an interview together, then be my <laughs> guest. <laughs> so, so a lot of people don't know that only one of their kidneys is working. Apparently. Well, maybe that was just to reassure me as a child. But, yeah. Everyone's like this, don't worry, you won't stand out. I got to have a water bottle on my desk at school, right. and I was allowed to get up and go to the toilet whenever I wanted, <laughs> which sound like human rights, don't they? <laughs> and yet it was something that everyone else was jealous of because you weren't allowed. It. In like year five at school, if you were like, can I go to the miss, can I go to the toilet? They were like, no.
0: Why?
3: Yeah, how, mad, how fucking mad is that? Does,
0: does what, having one kidney mean you have to go to the toilet more often than someone with two? Sure, you go less no. often.
3: No, but I was. People. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was benefiting from a lack of understanding.
0: <laughs> okay, that's good. A good discussion. You started very so. We when when I saw you at this competition, were yeah. you seventeen years old? Is that when I you think started? I would
3: have been eighteen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, seventeen, wow. eighteen, something like that.
0: Yeah, that's mm. uh, what. What drove you? That's it. Is quite unusual to start quite that young or at least get into the real world like people do it at university maybe in
3: yeah it was just before I went to university yeah, basically I really wanted to be a comedian uh, I was a big comedy fan and every comedian that you could watch on TV which is when you're 17 basically the only place when I was 17 anyway that you could watch comedy YouTube was sort of starting to be a popular thing but it wasn't massive yeah so, I sort of would only watch it on TV, and I'd watch even things like The World Stands Up on Paramount <laughs> and be like really into that sort of stuff. But everyone was 40. Everyone who was a comedian <laughs> yes. was 40, or at least looked 40 to a 17 year old. And then, this is gonna make you so angry. <laughs> basically, Jack Whitehall got famous, and I looked him up, and I was like, he is 19, and he's sort of doing all the things that. So, he was the. I was like, oh, you can do it. Yeah. And I also just assumed as well. I was like, well, Jack Whitehall, and he did, and his CV, which was on his, the only thing you find out about him was on his agent's website. And so his CV was, it was all just these, like, competitions that you do, like, new act competitions. But he was on TV with his own TV show. But his CV was still Amused Moose finalists and stuff like that. Things that are just, like, to have a TV show now, you'd have, you know, you would be, like, Guardian reviews and all that sort of stuff, like, much bigger credits um and then i just thought great well i'll just do all the things that he's done and then i'll have a tv show in a year
2: <laughs>
3: and uh then you get on the because i was like and my usp will be like i'll be the young comedian yeah. and then you get on the okay and everyone's fucking 17 <laughs> it was an absolute disaster there were so many
0: yeah i guess there were quite a lot jack did stand out i sort of was i was when i came back to stand up he was sort of just coming through that sort of 2004 i guess it would have been yeah and so, but nah. I saw him and I thought, yeah, you I remember doing a gig with him and said, yeah, you're going to be on yeah. TV and doing movies, <laughs> yeah, so you're going out with Gemma Chan in three years'
2: time. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> You'll be friends with The Rock in no time, my boy. He'll be an actor, by the way, should clarify that, he's
3: not just a wrestler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, but it's still, so you've been going for, a, you know, you've been going for a good Fucking long time. ages, yeah, so you're, I'm 32. So your show, your show now is about being, not being young anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, As a is, 32 yeah. year old, which you really are. You really are young, but that's but yeah. It's... But it is about
3: that, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, well, yeah, because now I'm experiencing what it's like because there's all these fucking Gen Z comedians,
0: yeah,
3: and they're all massive. They're all massively famous on TikTok, yes. and I resent it, <laughs> and I can't handle it, and I don't know how, how to fucking deal with it. And then whenever I I genuinely feel like a hundred years old, whenever I'm like, Oh well, I'll do a TikTok, <laughs> and then you do. I do one that's like it would just be a clip of like a joke I said on Mock the Week or something. And it's like, no, they don't like that because it's too shiny. It's too, like, well-produced. It has to look shit in order to be successful. I mean, you know this. Are you filming this? Uh... <laughs> Do you, are, you, are you filming this? We are filming it, yeah. Oh, cool. Do you t- film the audience. We're not
0: going to TikTok it. We, we try and not film the audience just because, you know, we're trying to cultivate an idea that cool people might like, might like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> in which case, it's great to be here at a sold-out Leicester Square Theatre. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, yeah, it does, but that time, it does pass quickly. That time where you know, where I suppose we you know we were we were only early twenties when we came to London and started doing stand up. Uh, and Stuart Lee always used to go on about being very proud about being the youngest person on the circuit who was doing well. I was kind of going, that's not a good thing to <laughs> yeah, that's, that's such, such a nice. short shelf life that's of a brag.
3: The youngest, really? Yeah, is yeah. that what
0: he used to? Well, because he did well pretty quickly, so he was. you know, He was like twenty-one and headlining. And he probably right. was, you know, I, mean, I think he was sort of the youngest person to be doing that. Just about, just about. Yeah. It was, it, you know, it was, it was much more. Uh, I mean, it, it was in the '90s was a very sort of male-dominated time, very sort of laddie stand-ups, really. And they were, there was a lot of people who were sort of in their 30s who seemed absolutely ancient to us. Right, and, right, but right. it was rare to see anyone like over 40. I think I bet Bob Boynton might seemed old, I remember, but he was probably only 38 or something. I don't know the name that you no, said, but he's still... He's still <laughs> okay. But, you know, it was quite unusual to... Arthur Smith or someone, I suppose. Was right, yeah, old, yeah, yeah. Arnold Brown was was properly, like, in his 50s, I think,
3: probably. I think Stuart Lee should still... And he shouldn't have stopped and he should still be saying he's the youngest <laughs> comedian who's doing well. That would be, that would be a great <laughs> Stuart Lee bit. If he just keeps saying, I am the youngest comedian... To be successful, this would be good stuff. Is he looking for writers? Does he outsource it at all? Would I be up his street, do you reckon? Yeah, I think give that a, give
0: that a go. I mean, like, you know, he would, he would double down on it. <laughs> yeah. the, the truth is no obstacle to...
3: Exactly. To That'd be a funny belief. sentence to hear 5,000 times, wouldn't it?
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.
0: Uh, I'm going to th- th- this. Uh, this is I've got I've, AI has written me some emergency questions, right? But I got bored of writing them myself. Uh, this has actually been this has been gold the three times I've used it. So let's see if this one works. <laughs> this is a good question. This is the this is generally some of them aren't good. What is the most ludicrous thing you've done ever done in the name of love?
3: Uh, okay, okay, right. I d- I, okay. I had a kidney removed. So well, that I that could give true. it as a Valentine's gift, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, basically, when I was, I was a very... When I was a teenager, I was the, <laughs> I was the most achy, breaky heart kid in the fucking world. <laughs> and I was obsessed with the sorts of sort of teen dramas and just trying to live like people in teen dramas. And I was also obsessed with two specific girls. Okay. And so I would just do things that I saw in these shows to these people as, like, gestures... Right, One of which, I was obsessed with a show called The O.C. when I was younger. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. And there's a character in it called Seth Cohen who does gestures like, you know, he stands on a coffee cart and says, acknowledge me now or lose me forever in front of the whole school. And he's not embarrassed. And then Summer Roberts stands on the coffee cart with him and they kiss. And their music plays and it's great. <laughs> in reality, when you do that, you're just standing on a brick wall alone. Yeah. Playing a song out of your phone. And then some, everyone's just looking at you going, what's he? What's going on? What's he doing? And then you get bullied for a bit. So, I don't recommend that. I did lots of stuff like that. Yeah. I sent—I once sent a single rose on Valentine's Day to a girl I hadn't met, but had decided was the love of my life. So I got her address. You've got to give me some credit for that. I mean, how's he done it? They asked me to go on Celebrity Hunted as one of the hunters. <laughs> <laughs> but um, lots of stuff like that. I once literally borrowed a line. I find it basically, this girl I really like, you know, this girl I really like. So I I then interviewed her on a Radio 4 series I did a while ago to be like, do you remember all these poems I wrote you? And when I would read her poems that I had done, she was just like, my God, this is awful. And then I told a story about how I bought her tickets for us to go and see Kate Nash, Mm. right, one year, when I was, I think, about 16, 17. And it was obviously a romantic gesture. But in the time between buying the ticket and going to the show, she got a boyfriend. And he drove us to the show. <laughs> That's how little of a threat I seemed. He was like, yeah, have a good night, guys. Here's some money. <laughs> Get yourself some oysters. I don't mind. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it was all that sort of stuff. What, she finally rejected me. It was the day before we went on the end of year holiday to Kavos. Yeah. Um, and like we were stay- it was like my sort of group of... Uh, male friends with group like best friends with her sort of group of female friends in the school and we were all staying in a hotel and it was just us in this hotel and basically like I had sort of delivered an ultimatum about like go out with me or you're dead kind of thing not quite that but um, <laughs> what I had done is I had she had started to fancy a boy that I was friends with from another school and I saw her slipping away not that she was ever in my grasp whatsoever <laughs> and I wrote her by hand and did some sort of fancy sort of you know, bubble writing design at the top of it and then delivered directly through her letterbox without a stamp or anything, a poem called "Without You," which was just all the things that would happen if I was without you. Which was it, things will stay largely the same because I am currently without you. Um, <laughs> and uh, then the next day she was like, "Okay, let's meet up and have a chat." And obviously this is to say, "Fuck off." But it was like she just she was saying, "Look, I spoke over my mum and I've decided that my choice between you and this boy is neither of you." Like, this isn't right or whatever. Ruined it for him as well. Yeah. Nice work. Well, that was great. I was was very happy with that. That was the only saving grace. But then I said a line, uh, literally directly (laughs) stolen from Seth Cohen on the OC. I went, "Um, fine, well, I guess you can just go to Cavos tomorrow and I'll find someone else to walk all over me. (laughs) And then I just went and walked home. And then as I was walking home, I was thinking... I don't feel that at all. <laughs> that does not at all reflect what's happened. <laughs> I would fucking kill for her to walk anywhere near me, let alone all over me. Yeah. She's done the opposite largely and left me well alone. <laughs> so I had to call her and be like, "I did that was sorry. I just <laughs> that's from the OC." And she was like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we used to watch that show together. Oh no, the OC. Yeah, it's very bad, embarrassing. I got the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got the reference for fuck's sake. Yeah, move on. And then I just had to be like, well. I'm the youngest comedian in the world who's doing well. So, uh, <laughs> unlucky. <laughs> One of these days. I
0: did this, I was about, I was uh, 10, I think, and I wrote a poem to Sally Waits, who lived uh, in uh, the Fine Fair supermarket. Dad ran the
3: supermarket. And I wrote... They don't, a, know, they don't know this can be real, <laughs> what you're saying.
0: <laughs> and I wrote, a, like, I think about a six-page of A4 poem. <laughs> I remember the beginning of it. I did do a routine about this. Uh, it started. I love you more than I can say. I love you this and every day. And then it was just every line started. I love you. And then you know, four, mm. six pages handwritten. But she liked it. And then, but then said she, we was, were going out with each other. But then I didn't know. I didn't know what to do. That having secured that. Oh right, so it I worked. Didn't, yeah, it worked. She was really impressed. I think she liked. We'd sort of been smiling at each other in history and stuff. So I, I don't think it was. You know, I would picked up the signs. I yeah. just like, went crazy. <laughs> uh, but then, then we sort of walked around the school holding hands one lunchtime, but then I didn't really know what else yeah. I was meant to do because I was like 10. And so then the next lunchtime, um, Pam Ferris... Not the women from um, <laughs>
3: the Darling Buds of May. That'd be <laughs> the amazing if got... from Darling Buds <laughs> of May came along. Said <laughs> so I got bad news, I'm afraid, Rich. Because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't
0: say I just smiled. Or I didn't say anything. But you know that was the problem. I didn't know what to where what the next move was.
3: Yeah, I had a similar thing yeah. around a similar age where it was like I was sort of too scared to hold hands, and then it was just like this isn't working because I now <laughs> before this we, it was great and we got on, and now I'm too scared. Yeah. Yeah, it was exactly that. Yeah. But where do you... If you've written someone an, a t- six pages of poetry, yeah. where do you go on, like, an anniversary? What are you doing, <laughs> yeah, gift-wise? Yeah. You have to write a novel.
0: <laughs> it's true.
3: It's true. Uh,
0: good question from AI, isn't it? that one's done well. Shame all the rest of them are fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> if a monkey had a magic wand and the ability to cast spells... Could they use it to create a portal to a parallel dimension? And would they be able to control the inhabitants of that dimension? Or would they be subject to the whims of the magical creatures of said dimension? <laughs> Not as good a question, I would argue. <laughs> <laughs> well, on the
3: OC, uh, <laughs> what did you type into the AI to get the question? I said,
0: write a Richard Herring-style emergency question. Oh, and right, I think okay. I might have said, might, do it they were coming out a bit unconvoluted so I said make them a bit more convoluted <laughs> okay. right uh, the unconvoluted ones are I mean this what would be the worst thing to put on a pizza
3: ah uh, right okay that's sort of that's very basic yeah, internet fodder very basic. isn't it uh, a,
0: a babe a dead baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's the yeah. answer <laughs> that's the yeah. answer to that question so you don't need to ask that to that baby there's always something worse yeah um this is sort of interesting. If a genie granted you three wishes, but one of the conditions was that you had to make one of your enemies happy, who would you choose and why? I suppose
3: which happy. enemy?
0: Yeah, if you had to, you say you've got three wishes, but I guess one of your wishes is something that, to make them happy. I would say what would you ask them rather than why would you ask them? But who would you, which enemy would you.
3: It's make? a very difficult question if you're looking for something broadcastable because obviously <laughs> all my enemies are comedians. <laughs> and I don't want to. I don't want a public beef. Okay. I'd like to keep the grudges internal (laughs) until they become a tumour and I die. Sure. So... so, I just, um... Oh, fuck. And then that's even worse. That one's a commissioner. (laughs) Uh, So... (laughs) Okay, there's a specific commissioner. Yeah. No, I don't want to make him happy, actually. No. Uh, I just wouldn't have the wishes. I'd rather not have the wishes than make any (laughs) of these people happy. (laughs) Who is you? Would you... Make what enemy of yours would you make happy? <sighs> I
0: mean, Stuart, it's Stuart, it's only Stuart. Yeah.
3: I don't want... And it's it, no genie's gonna make him happy. <laughs> Nothing's
0: gonna In fact, making him happy would actually It would destroy, destroy him. him.
3: <laughs> it's the perfect crime. This is it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would like him to be I'd love him. if he could be happy. Um I would love that. The world would be a nicer place. Um uh, we'll do one more of these and then we'll go back to talking about you and then we'll do some proper... But I don't need AI to write my emergency questions. <laughs> I mean, look, what would happen if the world's last packet of crisps fell into an active volcano?
3: <laughs> That's not a good emergency question, but what would uh, happen? That is good, I think. What would happen? Because you've got to assume if we're on the world's last packet of crisps, <laughs> yeah. everyone knows about it. Yeah. So it means if they <laughs> fall, to fall into an active volcano, yeah. what are they falling from? Yes. It can't really be someone's hand, can it? Well, it's It's not might literally... have
0: gone. It's the last one. I'm going to run up this active volcano, then yeah. no one will follow me. Then when I'm there, Darn. I'll eat this. <laughs> <Darn>. Damn <laughs> it!
3: Yeah, and then oh no! Yeah, or yeah. they fall out of a Plane? aircraft. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. something, something like that. Yeah, but then again, I, I mean, I mean how that is that happening? How does things fall out of aircrafts? And you can't open the windows.
0: That's true. Why? Where have all the other crisps gone? Are they just yeah, no potatoes. Yeah. If there's no potatoes,
3: it's, this is the last of your worries. It's I the think, last
0: packet I mean, of crisps. If there's no potatoes, then the world's basically over. I don't think having the last packet of crisps
3: is going to be a big deal. <laughs> and if there is no potatoes, then we've we've used the remaining ones to make one packet of crisps, <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it would be it would be the international news story if there was <laughs> one packet of crisps left. It would be, it would if there, be. If we knew, and it would be like a. It'd be like, it, Richard Osmond would make a reality show out of it for a start. He'd make some sort of show about how can we preserve this packet of crisps? Who gets to have the packet of crisps? Maybe that's the final. Yeah. It's, dis- destroy, it's like um, Lord of the Rings, you know? Would it Get be a big loss? Cris- I mean, crisps are
0: nice. And I'd be sad if there were no more crisps. But would it, right? be, that- Sorry, that's... Would it be that
3: much of a loss to the world if there was... I mean, it's not like... That sounded like it was a line from your poem that you wrote when you were ten. <laughs> crisps are nice. You. I'd be sad if there were no more crisps and I love you. I love you
0: as much as Chris. Yeah, no more, you. No more, no less. Yeah, okay. I'll ask you one real proper one.
3: A it, human one?
0: A human one that only a human could overcome. Up- no, AI could never come up with this. <laughs> if you had to go in a human centipede, mm. uh, but the person doing the human centipede, uh, you're going in the middle, uh, but the person doing it allows you to choose the person in front of you and the person behind you, okay. who would you like? And that might give us an idea of which... Commissioner, you were talking about.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, um, how many packets of crisps are in the world at the moment? Um, There's a limitless supply of crisps.
0: But you'll only be getting them uh, in fecal form.
3: Yeah, that's fine. Sometimes you still get a few shards, (laughs) don't you? (laughs) Um, I guess you're going to want someone who... Because you want to maximise the amount of actual nutrients that you can get, I suppose, don't you? So, you know, someone who eats a lot of sweet corn, for example. You're at least getting some real food in amongst. (laughs) Are we assuming that the person at the front gets to choose their meals? Um, Or is it chosen by some sort of... (laughs) Ombudsman.
0: I'm not sure. I, <laughs> I would imagine the man... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the man who's made the human centipede just goes, out you Up go into phew. the world. Yeah, yeah, you go into yeah. the world.
3: We've got you table at <laughs> Nando's. Yeah, okay. You can do what you like now. I mean, I would love to see a human centipede going in and them still saying, have you been to Nando's before? <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> yes, all three of us have been to Nando's I mean, you, I think...
0: I, you know, you could... I, I, I guess you could still communicate the vibrations, you know... Would be.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. How does it work?
0: If your arse was the... And that would reverberate, wouldn't it, as well, with, if you were actually with the ass
3: cheeks there? Sure. It'd be a, sort of like a megaphone, so I think you could... <laughs> Maybe, you get, yeah, you, and if, as long as they open their mouth at the front, then you can get a real volume out of that. It's like they're using a traffic cone when you're pissed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be, be able to talk to them through their own mouth. So, <laughs> yes,
3: say... like, so really, it's the human <laughs> megaphone. <laughs> this, this is not a human centipede at all. This is a human traffic code. Yeah, okay. Um, well, so I, I don't understand... Okay, if they're not choosing their own meals, yeah. then I don't understand what the debate even is. Is it just whose arse... Well, yeah, whose arse... I'm boasting to be- being sewn so against.
0: Yeah, well, you can interpret it however you want. Okay. No, no one else has really gone into the choosing the meals aspect before.
3: Okay. Um, front... Yeah. ...is the man with four kidneys from Hertfordshire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Back is... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seems a shame to have the man with four kidneys and you're attached to his anus, though, because there's... I feel there's, like there's, I'm going to get some of it.
3: none of the benefit. But well, it breaks down urea. Is that it,
0: something? It comes out, yeah. Does that just piss? It just comes out, your wink, winky.
3: How in a human or,
0: or, you know... In a human centipede?
2: Eater. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so it, your, your dick's still just there.
0: Yeah. Oh, that would be our inhuman to... <laughs> <laughs> the, gen- the genitals are still that free that would be unethical <laughs> I wonder if they, <laughs> is it possible for the person at the back of the human centipede to have sex with the person at the front of the human centipede well yeah if it they... solves the sucking your own dick yeah, question it does, <laughs> <It> does.
3: <laughs> sucking your own dicks yeah um, I wonder if you what, could... happen- yeah, what happens in a human centipede if you get an erection oh
0: you know.
3: maybe a fucking AI should be asking that actually <laughs>
0: it's a good, these are all good questions
3: um, or do you think it's just so non-sexy that that isn't possible?
0: I think you know. I think it would be quite sexy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Ass to mouth. I mean, <laughs> I'm not against it.
0: It's sexy with the person at the front. <laughs> yeah. So then you've got if that if you've got a man in front of you, man with four kidneys. Yeah. His, he's his yeah. dick's flapping around? Yeah. Exactly. On your <laughs> I mean, sort of under your chin, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
3: Exactly, so I might get access to the sweet urea but it's kidneys
0: producing. It could go in your ear. You could, so it... could wee in your ear, from, and then you, that would, if you held your head that way, some of the wee could go through. Into maybe your brain. actually,
3: wait, thinking about it, yeah. maybe you want someone with maximum one ball at the front. Well, yeah. So that, you know, you've only got one hitting you in the yeah, eyes that's true. and whatnot. So, so I'll have you.
0: Okay, I'll go in front. <laughs> you happy, happy with that? I'm very happy at the front. <laughs> Eventually you're just, if you're at the front, eventually you're just carrying around the carcasses of two dead people who've, who've eaten your shit. But, yeah. you know, otherwise you live a full
3: life. Would you, do you think it's a full life? Would you say it's a full life? You are, you, you, you... are you playing badminton? <laughs> I think... are you, are you, do you have hobbies that you can do, really? If the guy said, you I'll let you
0: go, but the condition of letting you go is you, have, you can't go and have an operation to have them removed.
3: Right. And I'll be coming back and checking Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Then, yeah, I think you could live a nice life.
3: What would you, be, what would you get up to? How do you sit down?
0: <laughs> on the, How would the, you do this On, for the, a start? Dead, on the dead bodies, your, yeah. your former centipede. I mean, they would eventually rot away and fall apart.
3: Do you think it would be... If you were, if you were the front of a human centipede where the, bo- the, th- the other two-thirds... Yeah. This is like that building in Swindon all of a sudden, where those two-thirds have rotted away... Yes. Do you think, um, and you were doing this podcast, Yes. do you think you would find it harder or easier to book guests? <laughs> Am I still getting a look-in? <laughs> or is Greg Davies available? <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's a very but good question. People would be intrigued
0: by it, I it think. Would be a very, question. very good question. Um, uh, look, you've done some podcasts, I've got, I've, and, and ra- this radio show I was very interested in, I don't know if you do any more of these. Uh, was, I listened to two episodes, because you have to listen to two. Okay. Uh, to Reese, check it wasn't Reese a James isn't. Oh, yeah, that is we,
3: only two episodes. Is it only two episodes? So yeah, you, yeah. you only do two? Yeah, so that, well, the premise of that was that I did two episodes of. It was like half an hour of stand up each, and it was me being left wing in one episode and right wing on the other on the same topics. Basically, as an exercise, a bit like the Love Island thing of proving I could be funny about <laughs> anything from any angle. But also, just a bit <laughs> bored of the whole. I just don't care about anything, I have opinions, really. Yeah. And certainly not in my act that much. And the things I do care about don't matter. So with politics, political stuff, and like sitting on Mock the Week and just being like... People would complain that it was like, you know, too left-wing or whatever, which is quite inevitable. Yeah. And also just because the people in power are right-wing and you just mock those sorts of people. But I would get a bit bored of like, the, even sat there sort of hearing the same angle and again and again, that yeah. I would always just try and just say contrarian shit. Just on there to just have a nude. Also, because when you're thinking of what to say on Mock the Week, you have to have something that won't be said by six other people first. Sure. So you have to come up with a unique thing. So that show is sort of born out of that, of just being like, "Ah, fuck it," I'll just see if I can write about anything. Yeah. Um, but once we'd done that, we'd done all the topics. So right. I just did two episodes. It <laughs> was like that was it was meant to be like a special. Yeah. And then you know I tried to get it commissioned as a TV show, and failed. No. Tried I, to... I
0: thought it was a really interesting idea, but I, I, I also because I feel. You know, as a com- I think uh, we sort of talked about this recently with someone else, but think, like as a comedian, I think you you should be looking for what's funny right on yeah. both. So like, if you, I don't, I'm not saying no one's allowed to be a political comedian and have a point of view about yeah, it. Yeah, But, yeah, but... but if you, most comedians should be there going, look, oh, that's funny that this person's doing over there, and that's funny that this person's doing over here, and it should be really, you should be really, you know, n- not be too biased I guess, either way. So you should be able to make jokes in both directions. So it's, it's it. Well, I think it was all sort of an interesting project because it allows you to do. Some
3: off-colour well, jokes. Yeah, that, that was the, the fun part. Yeah. The right-wing episode was 10,000 times more fun to write than the left-wing episode. Yeah. It was obviously, because they're, they're all things you have always wanted to say, but only because I only care about the angle. It's like, none of the things I said in either episode are anything I think, really. No. It was just, what would I think if I was coming at it from this perspective? Yeah. And then, you know, if there's some, like, you can be a lot cheekier in the right-wing one and say some dodgy stuff. There's a few lines in it that are fucking mental. Yeah, that when they're taken out of context, you know? It's over. (laughs) Yes, of course. Even though the context was me basically saying, I am allowed to do this, please. That's basically what the premise of the show is. But there wasn't wasn't anything like that dodgy. No. But there's some like, you know, on the cheeky side of, I probably wouldn't do it in my show. No. But it is just my, yeah, it was because I care about the angle of the joke rather than, the opinion of the joke, because I don't really actually mean any of the opinions of anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, think it's, it's interesting. And I think in the past, I mean, the, I, you know, I don't. I'm not one of these people who thinks, oh, you can't say anything, and everything's changed so much and it's terrible. I think the changes are generally quite good. But in the past, you would just look for what was funny. Yeah, and it wouldn't. Re- and people would say, we've entered a social contract where we're going to see a comedy show, and the comedian might say something so outrageous that. Yeah you know, we don't agree with it, but we understand. That yeah, exactly. We understand yeah. the premise of what comedy is. And it's become more difficult. And exactly that, because someone could just, and what happens a lot with comedy, now is someone will go, you did this tweet, or here's a page from your book yeah. without the page that follows, or here's one joke you did exactly. in a 90-minute in show, and, you know, how could you, how dare you say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, there's a,
3: app you can get that just deletes all your tweets from before a certain year you could just choose the year and lots of comics have done this they've just gone ah yeah probably 2019 (laughs) and before gone everything gone yeah i use my tweets as a database of every joke i've ever thought of basically so if ever i need a joke on a topic i search my name and a keyword (laughs) so i can't delete them sort of fucked <laughs> because every now and then something comes up where I need a joke on a keyword I'm like well I and then I do delete it I see it and go undeniably this is so offensive <laughs> and I was 18 and yeah. thick Well, that's and everyone intense. loved also when I started out the Frankie Boyle and Jimmy Carr were the, the yes. most popular comics yeah. and that's everyone wanted that kind of comedy and obviously it ebbs and flows doesn't it what's popular Yes. but obviously when I started out I was like cool well I'm 18 and I love that comedy so I'll write loads of insanely offensive jokes that don't have any of the wit and cleverness and you know, sort of double meaning of Frank Key Boyle and Jimmy Carr's jokes, and then it's just a bunch of offensive statements in hindsight.
0: <laughs> well, I think that is a beauty you know, because I think if you did the same for certainly for me, if you went back to stuff I was doing at 18 and younger, mm. where you really don't, you know, you're not, you don't understand the parameters, you're not a bad person, but you're, you understand, you know, you see people making those jokes. I loved Derek and Clive when I was 13, so it, you know. That's a very very hard kind of comedy to pull off. Yeah. I, I would have been attempting to do Derek and Clive which, you know. But at the
3: same there. time, you're the only person who's presented top of the pops who's still allowed to work. <laughs> so, you know, you've always got that. So far,
0: <laughs> yeah. I think what I've done is I've created so much material. Yeah, that it, no would take, be fun it would to take such a long time <laughs> to go through it. Yeah. I think it's, there's definitely <laughs> there's definitely things in there. There's definitely some stuff. You guys know you've all seen all of it. Uh, but I have forgotten most of it. Like people, you know, people will quote something from. I know as it occurs to me, which is this internet stand-up and sketch I did that I wrote on the day before and then d- did it, yeah. this sort of mad, sort of fever dream. And initially, that show was, oh, you know, I'm so fucked off with that you can't say anything you want on the radio or TV anymore. So I'm going to go, you know, be as offensive as I can. And then within a couple of episodes, you go, okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got it. Now a now allowed to do it. It's not. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but I'm sure there's yeah. stuff in there. You're not there rebelling against anything no, exactly. if you do so, that. Yeah. So there's that dub theory. You do need something to be pressing against, but also Has, um, there must be
3: has Me One ever said anything that's upset Me Too?
0: I mean, yeah, but they both say. I mean, that, that, again, that's a that's a format where you can, you know, again, it's it, I I I enter like dream states with it, and they do say. To begin with, Me Too was the sort of contrarian, sort of libertarian one who would say kinds of things, but it sort of switched. So Me One's this family man, but he's just a bit horrible and conservative. And so (laughs) so sometimes they have a snooker match to determine like Brexit or something like that, which is the right right, size of Brexit. But but, yeah, they both say terrible things. But that's fine. It's not because it's not me.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
0: But it is a part of me. (laughs) But you know, that's, but that's, you know, it's sort of interesting because those, I I, I find that, you know, the people are hunting down the offensive jokes um, of whatever, someone, you know, someone will offend a section, it's happened this week, someone's offended a section of people by saying something, and then those people have gone and looked over that comedian's history and they found. Some admittedly quite dodgy yeah. stuff, but from five or six years ago, exactly what you're it's talking. It's not long about. enough. It's not long enough. It's ago, annoying. It's not, it's not long it's enough. It's not long know, enough you know, ago, but it is also you've got to be double digits.
3: I reckon. Yeah,
0: it's the same thing where it is too to go. But you know, so but people are going to look for that specific thing. Yeah, and they did find it in this case. But equally, you can find like a bit of a joke. So if someone could go and find it, oh, look, here's, here's this guy. Oh, definitely. when we, even when when we, were, we were making like, it, we were it, like Greta Thunberg or whatever, and yeah. even though you've done an episode where you say how oh, great she is, you do an yeah. episode where you, where you say the
3: opposite? 100%, yeah. It's just, the, it's like, it feels like the only... When we were doing it, it was like, well, you know, some people are just going to get in the car on this day and listen to it on this day. <laughs> you yeah. go, fucking hell, what's this? Yeah. And then I was like, ah, kind of sort of whatever. It's unfortunate <laughs> if that happens. It's meant to be listened. They were supposed to be on... Back to back.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. I sort of thought that that was what was quite brave about it. I thought, like, do 15 minutes on each. Yeah, right. In the same show. So this was a debate we had as well. It's like, (laughs) if you're going to do
3: two half hours, yeah, should you just do it literally immediately so that you're doing it straight away? Yeah. Especially because there was a couple of the jokes that were literally word for word the same, but with a different tone of voice. Yes. Because you could make it sound... The point was you could make anything sound like something. And then producer and people like that were a bit like, aren't you worried about this when it comes out, people just hearing one of them? I sort of thought... Well, no one listens to Radio Four anyway. <laughs> I'm not. I'm worried about people hearing any of it. To be honest, <laughs> my main concern, um, and the fee. But also, uh, no. It was more like it's got the defence. I mean, it's set up at this like you, so. If someone does clip up a bit and go, "You said this," it'd be like, "Yeah, it was literally. It was an experiment. I wasn't doing anything like the stuff that's happened this week, where I was using like a slur, for no, example." Exactly, yeah. So there's like, I think there's a defence in there. Yeah, and also, quite a lot of what I said in both of them was quite accurate.
0: It's funny. There's a lot I mean, of factual just, stuff. In it isn't the like book. you, it isn't you trying to be like super offensive is just looking at a thing from two yeah. different point views, which, which is interesting, you know, and, and people say, why are there no right-wing comedians? And part of the reason is what you're saying, that it's, if, if one gov- if party is in government, they're, they're yeah, going to well, get Yeah, well, you're rallying
3: against that, that. But, but it's also, hard
0: to be funny from
3: a... From I, I don't know. I will say, when I... I th- it made me think about why, I th- I started thinking, why are there no right-wing comedians? This is so much more fun <laughs> to be a prick about everything yeah. and just go in from this angle. It was way more fun to write, but it was a bit, it was harder to get laughs. Yeah. Even though the jokes are audience. better, people are still are just, yeah, they're, they're the same audience have just watched me, yeah. so when we did it live, it was the same audience.
0: Yeah. I think there are quite a lot of right-wing comedians, though. There's yeah, a, so, and there's a lot of, you know, Jimmy Carr's stuff is 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 pretty horrible, a lot of it, and I like mm. it. Because I know, yeah. cause I trust, I trust who he is. But all the clips that come up on Instagram, he'll come up and he'll say something that is, you know, is if, yeah. again, if you just took it at face value, which every now again happens to. Of it. course, but he's also he's not <laughs>
3: he doesn't pass opinion on anything. No, so it is just. A, I mean, it's like his whole thing is it was a, it, the whole point is it's not real. Yeah. When it's one-liners like that, it's it's the. I think where it gets complicated is when it seems like you're making a point, and that's like you know. Comedy, often, like, some of the great bits come from a contrarian standpoint and then trying to convince everyone who disagrees with you to agree with you because you've used a funny, twisted logic or whatever. Yeah. But that's where it's fucked now because someone will just take literally the premise. Yes. Which you'll then, you go in with a hard... It's like Bill Burr does it all the time. You go in with an incredibly difficult-to-agree-with premise yes. and then you work your way to them agreeing and they're like, ah, by the end of it. And if someone on Twitter clips up your premise, <laughs> then you look like a fucking maniac.
0: Yes. Yep. Uh, good. Um, are you ever confused with Rhys James, the footballer? Yes. I know you like footballing. Yeah. Do I? Sorry? Do I like I know you like footballing. Do <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I like footballing? I got quite into... I was meant to be researching you, but I got quite interested in He's Reece doing James. well, isn't he? He's doing all right. Did you know that um, him and his sister are the first brother and sister to play for England, Lauren, Jones, uh, Lauren James and That's
3: James? That's my real name. I know. Not <laughs> I his confused. one. Yeah, no. It's very frustrating because... For someone to come along in a much more popular thing, immediately win the Champions League and play for England with your name, who is 10 years younger than you, it's a fucking nightmare. It's an absolute disaster. He's 22. He's 22 years old and he's a footballer, so his ceiling for success is so much higher than a comedian who is 32 (laughs) ceiling for success. He's literally—he's so good as well. He, I think, will win the World Cup before he's thirty. Okay. I am just trying to get on Taskmaster <laughs> before I go bald. That's all it is. That's the race I'm in.
0: Yeah. Okay. Can you put a word in? I, I, I can put a word in for, you for Taskmaster. I'm sure you'll be on Taskmaster. You are in the, you're in the—you're in the difficult seat in Taskmaster in the in the young-ish white.
3: Yeah.
0: Heterosexual. I mean, you talk about this, but there's a lot of people, yeah, to go going, long for, that, going for that seat. Yeah, what what seat were you in? I was in the, uh, the you know, they made a special seat for me. <laughs> <laughs> could, could take my weight. Um, I was in. No, I'm, I was the old. Although there was because we had there was Johnny is, was on mine as well. Johnny Vegas was on my one as well. So there was sort of two, uh, two sort of middle-aged men on on our one.
3: They give them two. Yeah, but they always on, but, give the middle-aged men two. Yeah.
0: Well, I'll just have to wait until then. Yeah, wait till you're a middle aged <laughs> man. Maybe. There's still a chance to be in the champion, champion, champions against me. There's still. 10, right, okay, I 10 have to more, win it. I have to get, 10 get on more it, series. Win it. We're going to get it, win it, win the champion, of champions. 10 year, ten series time, we might be up against it. When other. they
3: announced the other day that they have commissioned a bunch more series and also a junior taskmaster, <laughs> yes. I got so many tweets saying, you might finally get on it, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> Very frustrating for that not to be my joke. <laughs> Um,
0: right, we haven't got too much longer. I'm going to look quickly at what I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, when you went on, uh, you went on uh, Pointless Celebrities, yeah. with, was it with Lloyd? With
3: Lloyd Griffith. And you wore um, tuxedos? We wore tuxedos.
0: That was a, you know, it was a bold
3: move. Yeah, well, there there's a reason for it. Okay. It was really annoying. Okay, so basically, I was trying to stitch up Lloyd. Yeah. And so I said, let's wear tuxedos on Pointless. And knowing he'll only bring a tuxedo in like, what he's wearing and he won't want to wear what he's wearing, so we will have to wear a tuxedo and I won't bring a tuxedo <laughs> and then he will be wearing a tuxedo on Pointless and feel like an idiot. Yeah. And then I thought, you know, it's always a bit awkward, isn't it, that when Alexander Armstrong asks a question of someone on Pointless and they have, on the non-celeb one, they have quite an awkward bit of conversation. Yeah. And, you know, you're from Hull. <laughs> lovely. What's the tallest building in Swindon? That sort of stuff, you know. Just like bad chat, you know. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> He should outsource his questions to an AI. That I would like to see on Pointless. If he said, who do you want on the front of you, human said to be? Um, but he... Um, so I thought it'd be good because then I could just tell that story. He'd be like, why are you wearing a tuxedo, Lloyd? And then I could yeah. tell that story. Now, the day before we went to record Pointless, Lloyd sent me a, a picture of him in the mirror wearing his tuxedo. And I looked at it and thought, God, he looks fantastic. <laughs> so I was like, I am definitely not the winner of this joke if he turns up looking amazing and I don't. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I want to wear a tuxedo as well. Then I thought, great we can tell this anecdote on Pointless, and that could be our intro. And then <laughs> it doesn't get mentioned. <laughs> we just stand there in tuxedos, and Alexander Armstrong doesn't bring it up, and Osmond doesn't mention it. And I was like, are you fucking kidding? And, he, and it's, it's a question to me as well. He said, Ru- Russell Kane, was, who was spoken to in the intros before me, and he said, Russell, <laughs> you're looking in amazing shape. You look really muscly at the moment. And then Russell talks about his, you know, gym routine. (laughs) And then he goes, "Reese, you've got this podcast. And I was like, hold on a second. (laughs) You can't go from Russell, you're sexy, to Reese, you've got a fucking face for the radio. (laughs) I'm wearing a tuxedo. And then I just, like, had a breakdown and screamed at him. And he said, yeah, and you look... You're looking so muscly, Reese," And that became a running (laughs) joke. But it sort of didn't really pay off because we went out in the second round. And if you wear a tuxedo, you have to win. You have to win. win. We went out in the second round because... um, the question was, actors who've been in Alien or The Lighthouse. Oh, okay. And Lloyd said, Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> 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 yeah, very upsetting. Oh. I know. And I did Mastermind as well. Yeah. And when I did Mastermind, here's a peep behind the curtain. And they, they do a bit of chat on Mastermind. It was still John Humphreys when I did it. Yeah. And it was a bit the chat we were just having about, you know, what can you say and what can you not in the end. But I was told, he's going to ask you about. In the little, after you've done your specialist subject and then before you do the general knowledge, he's going to say, so you're a comedian and... He, I had like a story about being asked to go and speak at my school that was like part of my show at the time. Yeah. And he was just like, he's just going to ask you about going to speak at your school. And I was like, great, I'll do two quick jokes and we're in. That's what you want. And then on the morning of it, I was on with an ex-MP. And he said, instead, he's going to ask you about... Poli- like, you know, what's the difference between being a comedian and being a politician? And I was like, well, that's also going to be easy to riff something. But the night before, it was during COVID, right? And they film it in Belfast, right. Mastermind. And it was during COVID, and then... I, so I, it kind of like opened up a bit for us to film. But there was no audience there. And the night before, it's like two episodes worth of people go up at once. And I saw Stephen K. Amos at the airport, and he was going to do it as well. And then they opened the bar in the hotel for us, and just us. So it, Half of us were all getting battered in the hotel because we've not seen anyone for three months. So Everyone's just getting hammered. And half of the dweebs were off revising. Like Steve Backshall. Get a grip, mate. He's hench, though. <laughs> Steve Backshall, by the way, lovely man. But first of all, his suitcase was the Richard Osman House of Games suitcase. Wow. Pathetic. Yep. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, his subject was sharks. His specialist subject was sharks. He had just finished editing his ten-part series about sharks. Yeah. Fuck off. You can do this podcast as your specialist I was, subject.
0: I was look, I I'm very annoyed about this because I did very well on maths mastermind but still didn't win. And I was up against and I was I said can I do the human penis because I'd written a book <clears> about <throat> this and they said no because you've written a book about it you're not allowed to do it. Um, so I, there was a couple of things I put that I wasn't allowed to do. So I did Rasputin which I had to which I knew a bit about but I had to revise and I don't speak Russian so I had to work very hard. And then Hillary Kay who did win who's an antiques expert, did Chippendale or something like that. Right.
3: Or Wedgwood or something. But she basically just did, did a part of her expertise. job. It's bollocks. And so you can't... You're not allowed to do that. It's mental. And then it filmed, we were filming at 9am, crucially. Yeah. And they said, uh, we're actually going to ask you, what's the difference between a, a politician and a comedian? I quickly thought some one-liner about, I don't know, Boris's hair is silly. Yeah, good. Because um, I'm cutting edge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the greats. I'm one of the youngest greats. And uh, And then I sat down and John Humphreys went can you say anything anymore as a comedian or is wokeness ruined it all? (laughs) And I was so hungover that I genuinely... I didn't even think about the fact we're filming and this is broadcasting. I just went, John, it's 9am. Like that. And then I just went, obviously we're going to have to do that. You can't say it's 9am, Rhys. That can't be your answer. So then I just bluffed some bullshit answer that was the most fence-sitting fucking nothing in the world. (laughs) And then one of the questions... I fucked up the general knowledge a lot. And one of the questions was... um, what. Is the bir- what type of birth is it called when the baby comes out buttocks first? Okay, which the answer is a breech birth, birth, which I didn't know, so I said hilarious because <laughs> <laughs> I'd heard the word buttocks and buttocks first, right? I said it's called a hilarious birth, John. Next question. And then afterwards, I googled it and I saw that quite a lot of babies. You know, quite injured or die from bridge burns. And I've just told you, no, I don't think comedy's too woke. You can say whatever you like. But, you know, some people are looking for offence, is what I just said. And then I've gone, baby death's hilarious. Good night. It's 9am. I panicked for months. It was like the only work I did in COVID. And I thought, oh, I've just gone, and ruined, gone to Belfast, ruined my career.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting that old anti-woke... John Humphries wouldn't (laughs) let you say it was 9am. You're not allowed to say anything (laughs) anymore. It's BBC censorship. Not allowed to tell the truth anymore. (laughs) Um, Cool. So you've been on tour. I think by the time this pod goes goes out, you'll have finished on tour. What else is is coming up in your? It's over. Is it over? God, it's over. Mock the Week's
3: over. I did my best.
0: You're very good on Mock the Week. I mean, I think you're one of the. I think Mock the Week kind of turned around. I'm really disappointed it's got taken off because I think it was one of the shows that. It maybe had gotten to a bit of a rut. Yeah, I think and so. And then they actually did something about it and they brought in new people. Yeah. And it was a good mixture of new and old people. And it and and, you know, I watched a few of those, especially the compilation ones. You'd go, this is really fucking good. And there's loads of, loads of clips of yours. So that's a shame that that's.
3: Yeah, also, gone. there's just so, there's so few places for like people to break through yeah. now. And this is why if you're on social media and there's 5000 clips of comedians doing 10 seconds of crowd work every day it's because where you can't get on anything yeah. there's nothing that can break you through and sell any tickets anymore so everyone just like it's just like fuck I need to say where are you from and then say it's shit and put it on the internet and hope 10000 people watch <laughs> it and buy a ticket because it's yeah. now the what else you have got to do podcasts
0: you got to do a podcast luckily you're on this podcast which is some doors are going to open yeah all
3: big time <laughs> Yeah, it's packed.
0: <laughs> this
3: is one of the biggest podcasts in the game. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, it's a shame. It is a sh- it's a real shame. Um, yeah. I get... So, who knows how long this will last, but the same people who made Mock of the Week made a show called uh, The Great American Joke-Off. Oh, yes, I did. Do see. you have many American listeners?
0: Uh, yeah, I do have. It's, uh, it's like my third biggest market.
3: Great. Well, everyone who listens in America... And 10, people 10 in 10 people. If you want to go to America... <laughs> Get yourself cable TV. <laughs> find the network called the CW Network. Then from the 31st of March, which is in the past, yeah. uh, the show The Great American Joke-Off will be on, which is kind of like the... fur. It's like things like the first and last round of Mock of the Week. It's not topical. yeah. Like that, you know, kind of like scenes we like to see type things, like parlor gamey, things like that, but all gags. And I think... The Great American Joke Off. The title is supposed to be a play on the Great British Bake Off, oh, okay. which, of course, in America is called the Great British Baking Show. <laughs> is it? So it doesn't work, and so everyone thought that it, all the Americans who did the show were like, "Is this just a pun on the Great American Jerk Off?" Yeah,
0: that's what I thought when you yeah. suddenly it occurred to me as you said it. Yeah, it yeah, yeah. exactly. It like
3: Doesn't work at all. But it was a fun show to do. It'll probably get cancelled after two episodes because that's how American <laughs> teddy works. Yeah. The CW bought Taskmaster and showed one episode, and then just can't, didn't show anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't hold that Is that, that not much, going Rogan. to be
0: shown in the UK, then? That's just going to be a matter of...
3: I don't know. At the moment, it's just on there. Yeah, that's, but that's just for your American listeners. That's what's next. But yeah. I've already done it. It was half a that could, ago.
0: But on the other side of the coin, if it becomes a big success, which it could easily be, then... Then you I'm know, out of here. Yeah, off to America.
3: I'm on Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> Forget this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Get me on Rogan. <laughs> Human centipede question. Let's go, Rogan. Come on. <laughs> Cool. Well,
0: that, that's you know. I'm glad that there's. I'm glad that there is a, an outlet at least for that stuff because it does. It does feel like everything's being shut. Yeah. <laughs> by, by the BBC at least, and yeah. then you know something. Have I got news for you? Goes on forever. But, yeah. But everything else seems to uh, seems to be kind of. Being nipped sometimes in the bud, sometimes it's been. I mean, not the week went on for a long time, but I do think it's a shame that. uh, And I wouldn't have said 10 years ago, I would have gone, I'm glad it's over. Yeah, 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 of course. Because it, but also it had, it sort of had a nasty edge to it. And then I think by bringing in. A more diverse group of people, but also new people. It did really turn around. So it's it's a shame that uh... it got
3: quite chilled, to be honest. Yeah, certainly in the when Ed Gamble was on it in the latter years of Ed Gamble being on it. Yeah, it couldn't be fucked to prepare anything. So it'd be like <laughs> the easiest riffing gig in the world. Everything you said, he would go ask you a follow up question about it, and then it would just become a fun podcast yeah. type situation because he couldn't be fucked to think of any jokes. Yeah, so it was great. And then he, you know, he got too big for his boots, <sighs> and now he's a chef or something, yeah. what was he? <laughs>
0: His mate's gone off to be a movie star now, yeah. so that'll be the end. Exactly, He's gone. He'll, yeah. be in, he'll be in the bin. I've, I've seen it all in my many years.
3: <laughs> I know what's going to happen to the lot of you. I told you you'd do well. Yeah, you did. I can see how it's going to You be. said big things await when <laughs> I was 17. I didn't know you meant this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I did. And that, <laughs> that's all I've been. Well, there's a lot more to talk to you about, but I'm, I haven't got any more time to talk to you about it. So you have to come back another time when you're, big in the, when you're a big movie star in America and, and in a film with The Rock yeah. and Amy Pond. Uh, and it'll be fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, give a massive round of applause to the amazing British James! Thank you.
1: you.
0: Yes! Yeah. I've been listening to Rahula Stubber with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Rhys James. Thank you to Scant Regard for providing this music. Uh, I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker, even though he hasn't shown up yet. And also thank you to Chris Evans, not that one, and all of the team from GoFasterStripe.com and everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. There he is, he's turned up now. Uh, This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFasterStripe.com production.